Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we look forward to the new holiday event, Valentine's Day, talk about the current political situation and dregs, and revisit the topic of what is realistic to expect from a sandbox MMO. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Now, I know that before we get into my general vibe here, there's oh, okay. there's there's been some confusion over the rules. What rules? If we just use one word, or if it has to be a real word, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I... Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> I... I, I was going to say, I think I expected single real words. Yeah. But to say that those were rules is kind of inaccurate. And you have certainly blown all that away, whatever reasonable expectations I might have had, by coming with multiple words and made-up words. So Good. I mean, I, yeah. I just wanted to make that clear that I was not going to settle on a word just because a word is expected. Oh, I see. So you're being kind of a diva about it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, we don't necessarily want, we're not going to be dictated to. Okay. In fact. You're the dictator. You're not the dictatee. <laughs> I get it. I mean, you know, when folks tell me to do something, I mean, there's probably at least a 70% chance that I'm going to do something different. Detective tell me do things? Or... <laughs> but actually, if you'd like a word. I mean, it doesn't have to be a word. It can be, you know, it again. You started this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. I would say how you do it, and you started coming up with these words. I don't know. We, I mean, I'm sure the listeners will be okay if you'd like to abandon it. They'd probably like for us to abandon this conversation and move on. <laughs> but whatever you'd like to do, man. How you doing today? Sempaternal, actually. You what? Sempaternal. What's that mean? It's like it. It's like eternal, but it exists within time. So, eternal being. Spell it. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not a real word, yeah. but just no, no, it's a what? real word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll spell it for you. All right. S e m p i t e r n a l. Okay, so what does semp mean? Why is that the whatever you call it when it's at the beginning of a word? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I mean, I, I don't know the, the root of the word. I, I'm not going to you know, go into the language of it. No, no, I don't care about scientifically. I mean, why did you put simp in front of the word eternal? <laughs> I mean, that's the word. There's just a word called simp eternal, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> if anyone can hear me typing, <laughs> I am quite literally Googling it right now. Okay, of never, so I was, I was, so, and you did spell it, simp, eternal. Yes. I-T. Right. Okay, of <laughs> never-ending duration. So it actually just means eternal. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. A distinction's made in philosophy where the time comes into it, but anyway. Okay. That's what we're going with. Okay, <laughs> so you feel simp eternal. <laughs> 
here on and the, that means on the English podcast. Yeah. That so what does it mean then? You feel like it's infinite um but within time? Within time, we're talking about being eternal and with the recent drugs campaign, we're talking about campaigns, right? It it exists within a span of time. However, there is something eternal that uh, could happen out of that. And what I'm talking about is the mega alliance that is formed and a showdown between another mega alliance that really it needs, it needs to happen. So, so I'm interested in this uh, to some extent. So we, we have, in the the and i'm i'm probably someone else who is more plugged in maybe yourself can co- help correct me but my my understanding of kind of the timeline of dregs politics starting from the beginning mm-hmm. is for the first 3 to 4 months or so it's largely dominated by the beta guilds is what i call them but just guilds that have been around from before the game launched Okay, yeah, we're t- taking the entire uh, time frame I'm, I'm, of the game. Yeah, right, right. So you have you have the first three or four months. It's it's basically the, the again the guilds that were there from the very beginning. They are still dominating, and then New World comes out. I don't know what else may have happened, but whatever it was, the population starts to to, to dwindle a bit, and some of those beta players start to leave. Right. And in place of them, we see a whole new political landscape. Mm-hmm. And in November, the Dregs campaign was was pretty good. Now that's the one that ended um, with the alliance pushing out the the lead guild of the alliance to to win and all the drama that surrounded that. But outside of that moment, that that campaign, that Dregs was somewhat competitive, but it was largely between two or three really large alliances. Right. And coming out of that, the sentiment was being in a mega alliance is a problem because it creates too much um, demand on people having to show up for these different siege events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it creates burnout. Mm Mm-hmm. So instead, we think the healthiest place for the community to try and go is to split into smaller guilds mm-hmm. so that they ownership of territory is more distributed amongst a wider group of people. And it'll lead to less burnout because if you only have one keep to defend, you've only got a couple of events a week that you have to be at. Right, right. So that kind of happened, except then at the end of, I don't know if it was December, I think it was maybe in the January campaign we see a mega alliance kind of form mm-hmm. and then rolling into this campaign that we're in now, that mega alliance is still completely dominant, but no one else is competitive because everyone else is still the little fractured guilds or alliances. Yeah. yeah. If we want to talk details, there was the home keep agreement. There was a lot of discussion of, of how that would take place and what the guidelines would be. One of the guidelines that was discussed was that people or guilds, alliances in the Homekeep agreement could not then merge with each other 
because essentially they're taking advantage of free points by having the home keep. And if then if you're combining then and it's like, well, we just had all the home keeps and now we win, right? Right. However, um, there was no distinction made about someone disbanding their own alliance and merging with an alliance that had never signed the home agreement. It was basically just waiting for someone to take advantage of that and form a mega alliance and then take all of the, you know, ranks, points, whatever. Right. So, well, so, I, so it sounds like, though, that my general timeline is somewhat accurate. Yeah, yeah. And so if that's true, then are we... So now the position is reversed that because a mega alliance does exist, the, the truth of the state of the game right now is that morale is pretty low mm-hmm. for anyone who is not... I mean, maybe even for people in the mega alliance, because I don't know that they're getting competitive fights, really. And all of the people who are not in the mega alliance feel like what is the point? Like, I mean, I, I've been looking at the forums and at the Crowfall Discord. Yeah. And you frequently see people talking about that they pass by outposts and they don't even flip them mm-hmm. because there's no chance they're going to compete with the Mega Alliance and the number of outposts they can get. So what's the point? Right. So that's a morale killer. And so your solution to that is that we need a Mega Alliance formed out of the small groups to fight the existing Mega Alliance to maybe bring morale back? Yeah. To, to give people meaning and to make some sort of stand, I mean, either that or we, we just, the other side gets pushed around and there is no reason to compete. I mean, if there, if one mega alliance is running outpost 24 seven and they're ticking several hundred points and you don't have people countering that, then they're just going to run away with the victories. And everyone else is kind of just playing for whatever points they can get with keep that maybe they have one defense or something a week because that's all they can hold. Well, and I think, though, I think what's interesting about this, and this is something that we've talked about a lot before, too, and it's obviously a popular topic right now in the game, and that's, but that's where does shadows fit in? Mm-hmm. And the downside of shadows is that your faction isn't actually yours. Mm-hmm. So if you take a keep with your faction, someone else might drop buildings that you don't want. Yeah. But you don't really get to have any control because it's not your guild or your alliance. But the same thing becomes true in a mega alliance where to some extent you kind of lose any sense of identity. I guess my point is like, <laughs> I I've seen people saying that the game should actually just be based on shadows and dreg should be like a, a tournament that they do for a week out of the month or something once in a while, you know? And I don't think I agree with that, but if what you're suggesting is actually the best solution for where we find ourselves, should shadow just be the primary game that we're playing then? Because then it is just faction versus faction. And then you you solve this without having to convince people to team up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I also think in shadows guilds need to be able to claim keeps for their faction. I mean, yeah, you capture it for the faction, but either it stays with that faction until a guild actually claims it. I mean, 
similar to Camelot, right? I mean, a guild would claim it. They would have control over the upgrades. Keeps that weren't claimed were usually always lower level. I don't even know if you could upgrade them if they weren't claimed by a guild. But anyway. Yeah. Guilds need to claim them so they can build them up and, and feel like they have ownership of it. That would incentivize guilds and factions to care about taking those keeps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think the game could exist in Shadows, and maybe that's an easier avenue for new players to kind of enter into the game. So that yeah. could be good. I don't know, though. I mean, the other side of that coin is that I don't, I, I, you know, I say that because it, it boils the game down to just three factions. Mm-hmm. So it kind of simplifies it. But at the same time, I don't know if the problems that exist in that. I don't know if the problem that we're trying to solve is actually solved. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you look in Shadows, for example, for the last few campaigns, at least, and maybe ever since it came out, one of the factions is heavily overpopulated. So it's the same outcome as the Mega Alliance and Dregs. Yeah. And that's not a Crowfall problem. In in WoW Classic, the server I played on was so heavily horde that eventually, I don't know if there was a single Alliance player left on it. Now that's only two sides. Mm-hmm. But, and so the I guess the point is, is, or in Camelot, we ran into that all the time where you'd have servers where, you know, in that game, there were three factions, mm-hmm. but one of them would get severely underpopulated. And... How do you solve that? Like, it just seems like it's really difficult to balance populations because players are motivated to sign up with one guild, alliance, faction, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. for just so many different reasons. I mean, someone who just wants rewards is going to think, well, why wouldn't we be in the biggest alliance possible so that we have the best chance to secure the top reward spot? Yes. But then people like you and I think that it's more fun to be in a smaller guild so we do that you know what i mean but our it's not that either one of us are right or wrong like our incentives for which are entirely subjective are just different yeah it it really i think would take some implementation of some sort of uh, mechanic where i mean if a new campaign started to shadows campaign and everyone decided to pick sun or something mm-hmm. eventually whatever that population number is it would then be like you can't choose sun anymore until the other ones get evened out yeah i mean there's a game called foxhole they basically do that there's only two factions in that but in that if one faction is is overpopulated it won't prevent you from creating on that faction, which I think is good because especially if you're trying to introduce new players Mm -hmm. with any consistency, if I sign up and I want to play and you're already playing on sun, Mm -hmm. if the game literally won't let me, then I'm just not going to play. Oh, true. True. Right. Yeah. The way Foxhole does it is it says this faction's overpopulated so you can be on it, but we keep, who's logged in populations somewhat even. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to have queue times. Like you're just mm. going to have to wait to get in because yeah, you can't. But some sort of management of that to yeah. try and distribute it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, so I think it's, you know, I think this just ties in perfectly with the, 
kind of another conversation I wanted to have a bit about about what is a sandbox MMO. And and this kind of stems from I was talking to a friend last night and and I was talking about how Crowfall is the longest I've stuck with a sandbox MMO. Which is funny because I'm always so drawn to them, but then I usually like don't stick around for all that long. <laughs> and with Crowfall, I have stuck around, but there's you know, there's a variety of reasons for that that are actually not just tied to the game itself. But but even though I haven't really I mean, the, the longest I've played, the most hardcore, I guess you could say I've been in MMOs prior to Crowfall, and certainly I was more in more hardcore in, in Dark Age of Camelot and World of Warcraft and Star Wars Galaxies than any other sandbox MMO uh, mm-hmm. that I've ever been. And Star Wars Galaxies was pretty sandboxy, honestly. But but I'm still really drawn to them. And like when I look at new MMOs coming out, I'm a lot like right now two two new titles are are on the stage right now. One came out at the end of January called Mortal Online 2 mm-hmm. and one comes out at the end of this week called Lost Ark. Mortal Online too is much in the in the vein of of Crowfall. I mean, maybe even more so sandboxy, but it's full loot PvP. It's you know everyone's an enemy unless you make them your friend kind of thing, uh-huh. and that it it's very appealing to me. Like I'm very interested to see what happens with that game. Now it turns out that right now the servers are impossible to get on and, and whatever. But but so I'm like I'm intrigued by that game. I mean, whether or not I ever play it, who knows? But I'm intrigued by it. Whereas like Lost Ark is much more in the vein of theme park MMO. And I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fun for people who like it, but I'm just not nearly as excited by that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking to a friend about it last night and he's like, well, what makes a sandbox MMO? Cause I don't know if I understand. Mm-hmm. And so we started trying to talk about what that is. And I mean, obviously, there's no hard definition for it. There, you know, a lot of things make something sandboxy or not. And and like most things in life, there's probably just a mix of sandbox and non-sandbox elements and everything. I mean, Minecraft is probably the ultimate sandbox, and I'm not interested in playing Minecraft PvP. So, (laughs) so, so whatever. But I I guess like what? So I'll start because I've been talking for a while. What do you think? And it had to be some big list, but what do you think is it is an essential quality of a game to be a sandbox PvP MMO? I mean, as it has to allow for really any as as many changes as possible that could be um, done by the player base. I mean, with, within reason. I mean, when you're talking about PvP or territory control, throne war simulation, however we want to talk about it. Is it, does it allow the diplomacy of human players to make whatever sort of agreements that they want to make? Can you build things? Can you have different avenues of progression, maybe? I mean, not locked into going from quest hub to quest hub um maybe yeah yeah i mean it was it was it's funny because i've talked about sandbox mmos i mean on my other show pick up your sticks i don't know a year and a half ago we did a whole episode about sandbox mmos so it's not like it's an idea that's new to me or something i haven't thought about before but to have someone just flatly ask like what is it Mm -hmm. it was like okay well 
So I kind of said some of the things you did where it's like, well, there's, you know, like in a game like WoW, for example, or even in Dark Age of Camelot, there is just certain pieces of gear, all of the gear almost, but certainly the most powerful gear is typically obtained through a very specific method, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's a raid boss, whether in WoW Arena, it's it's finishing in the top 10% or whatever it is of arena players for that season, and then you get the best arena gear, whatever it is, but that's the only way to get that arena gear, right? Or in in raiding, like PvE raiding, it's like whatever loot the raid boss drops, that's the only way you get that loot is from that raid boss. You can't get it any other way. Uh-huh. And so everything's a lot more kind of... I feel like on rails south it's condescending and I don't even mean it that way, but just everything's a lot more lined out and there's just a clear path to accomplish things. Yeah, exactly. And in a game in a sandbox game, that's usually not the case. Usually the the there's a wider variety of ways to obtain the powerful items in the game, we'll mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And and my friend was like, Well, what about Guild Wars 2 then? Because in Guild Wars 2 there's a lot of ways to get an item that is considered best in slot for that, whatever slot that is. So it's not like WoW or Camelot where you only can kill this boss to get the best cloak for your character. Like, there's a lot of ways you can do it. But Guild Wars is not a sandbox MMO. So then it's like, okay, well, I think... So What are, what's the biggest example of a sandbox MMO? Like, the longest standing example? It's EVE. EVE yeah. Online. Yeah. Well, what does it do that, that defines it? Well, I think that it being a, a player-driven economy and the economy having a lot to do with a player's capacity to become more powerful. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it doesn't mean that you have to trade to do it, but you have to do or engage in the same things that are involved in people that are trading in order to get it. So like you might be your own crafter, so you don't ever trade anyone, but the gear has to be crafted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be someone else. That could be you, whatever, but it's not just simply you kill this one boss and now you have the loot and, and, and it's over. Yeah. I feel like there's also an element of risking the loot that you have, you know, Eve online's full loot, Albion online's full loot, Crowfall. You don't drop your equipped items, but you drop your inventory. So I feel like that's an element of sandbox. I like that. Yeah, especially with the economy. I mean, just the freedom of all the different ways that you can participate in that. And from just gathering resources to being a crafter to building certain buildings in your EK or in the keeps that you can control to enhance the crafting, having vendors being able to sell in the EK or, or within the campaigns. I mean, arguably you could do that mostly, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, it's almost like in a game like, wow. um, I mean, you could technically do whatever you wanted to do, but you would be hard pressed, I think, to play that game and not largely either be killing creatures, you know, mobs in the game for stuff or fighting players in battlegrounds or arena or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But in a game like Crowfall, like you literally could just PvP and never 
do any harvesting. Yeah. Or you could just be a harvester and crafter, and anytime PvP comes up, you just run away. Yeah. And you never fight if you can control it. Mm-hmm. So I think it does allow for players to carve out their own identity of how they who they are in the world in a sandbox MMO than, than in a theme park MMO. Yeah, yeah. More freedom in establishing your role. And, and with it on the theme park side, you are just queuing for that next battleground or going to that next spot, ride, whatever, make the circuit. This is what we do. And then at the end, we have everything or something. I don't know. Right. Well, so then something else, I mean, the first thing I think you said when I asked you the question is that is basically that the players get to determine the politics yeah. mm-hmm. of it. But if we went to Shadows, that wouldn't be true. To a certain extent. I mean, it would be we'd have the three factions as opposed to any number of guilds or alliances. I mean, within those three factions, there could be more dominant guilds that could influence things if there was an advantage for, say, Sun and Moon to team up against Earth because Earth is running away with it. Maybe they make that adjustment to kind of bring things back and and get some more keeps or something. Yeah, but I mean, certainly that example would work, but but you couldn't do, um, <laughs> you know, what I was going to say is a really dumb example, but like, <laughs> what I was going to say is like, like you slept with my wife and so now I'm leaving your guild and, and, and I get that no one's sleeping with wives. That's why it's a dumb thing. But my point is, is that I think in, in the dregs polit- political scenario, it allows for people to make decisions based on not just points, right? Not just win yeah. conditions. Like I might yeah. just not like you now. And so I'm going to take, we're going to have a split in our guild. And now I go start a new guild with my half of the guild that supported my position. Mm-hmm. And maybe it has nothing to do with, this is the most optimal way to win. Yeah. That, and I yeah. think that that is a lot more intriguing than just like, you know, we decide to team up so that we can have a better chance at winning. And that's kind of the only, because I mean, outside of that example, I, I don't know how, I don't know how dynamic politics and in, in shadows can be. Yeah. Um, I mean, that could still, I mean, you could still have a split and then maybe they go to a different faction. I mean, I guess you're locked into the factions now. Well, so we don't know. This is all made up, but yeah. So you couldn't do that mid campaign you could split off make your own guild and then switch factions next campaign and headhunt whoever slept with your wife but <laughs> i'm just telling you a lot of people have died for that so uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. my wife is off limits people That's thing. well so so then another you know i guess so to me really what sandbox is, is in a lot of ways it's it's there are less rules for how players interact with the game. Like it's, it's what, I mean, it's the reason that sandbox is the term that's used to describe it. Right. Because it doesn't literally have anything to do with a box or sand. Mm -hmm. The idea is that you're placed into a a world or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. And you get to choose how to manipulate it and how to, what you do with that. Yeah. 
and I think that to me, I, I, it's it's intriguing to me, and I don't know if I if I know why, because I like the idea of it all. But the truth is, is that I'm not like I'm not running a guild. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm. over here. I am over here arguing for these politics. I'm not sleeping with wives. <laughs> I'm not married. No one gives a shit what I do in the game ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, I don't know why I'm so drawn to it. It's almost like this. I this like grand idea that i'm drawn to that's not really actually my lived reality of playing these things yeah i don't know for me personally it's i enjoy the freedom of it and being able to go into something and and not know what the direction will be and then kind of feeling out what the game is and and what is possible and with the guild and other people that are are with us or teamed up with us what they think is most fun and seeing how that can be pushed yeah um i don't necessarily like spending a lot of time in the diplomacy i mean i have in the past and i definitely did more of it when we first got into the dregs but i mean it's kind of a slippery slope with how much attention and dealing with a lot of different people can can be but the fact that it's possible it is just really interesting and being able to kind of shift things if people are wanting to do that right i mean it takes other people to participate and want to make plans for things to change in, in that scenario. But I don't know. I, I, it can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I mean, I'm drawn to it over and over again. I mean, of all the games that I've played at launch that are MMOs, I think all the ones I've played at launch other than maybe Warhammer when that came out, you know, more than a decade ago have all been the sandbox ones. Like I played Albion at launch. We played this yeah. at launch. Yeah. Not that I've played every sandbox at launch, but if I've joined a game at launch, usually it's a sandbox because I'm really excited for <laughs> the possibility of even if it's not something that actually hooked me in the end. I, I, so I, the reason I'm, I, I guess, going on and on about all of this is just that despite not having any real solid reasoning other than just it appeals to me on some intuitive level, I guess, mm-hmm. I do like sandbox and I do want that to be preserved in mm-hmm. Crowfall. So I don't want it to go to Shadows. I mean, Shadows is fine to be there. And if that's, if they have some plan for that's the way players get onboarded, great. Like, you know, whatever. I, it's not that I think it shouldn't exist. But to me, the like highest form of the game is Dregs. It's Guild versus Guild. Yeah. So I much more appreciate, I mean, I made fun of the Home Keep Agreement when it when we talked about it back a couple months ago, because it's not actually enforceable. Because the only the only real consequence of it is that when someone breaks it, now they're less trustworthy. Mm-hmm. But once you fast forward three or four months and three or four campaigns, who cares anymore? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, everything is going to shift around so much anyway that it's like you kind of can't hold on to those grudges because with the campaigns changing all the time, you're going you're gonna to play with different people constantly. You know, alliances will shift. Yeah you will limit your possibilities i mean if you're gonna hold grudges against other people and and really it's more of like well now i know 
how you go about your decision making, I can then make my decisions, uh, you know, based on the knowledge of interacting with you over so many drags. <laughs> yeah. Well, but even then though, that's true of like the individuals that made those choices maybe. Mm-hmm. But if the, you know, if the guild brand, if you outlast the individuals who run it at any moment in time, mm-hmm. maybe three or four months later, it's a different person who's in charge of the betrayer Alliance, you know, whoever right. that is. You yeah. Know what I mean? it, could, it could be and, entirely different. And so then it's like, well, are you going to hold the brand accountable? Because that doesn't really make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It would be the, the driver, I guess. Yeah. Or you know, what, whoever goes into that process. So, so anyway, I mean, I completely hijacked our conversation here because I didn't, I, we didn't even really talk about the current politics that much other than right now, basically it boils down to there's a giant mega alliance that I don't want to say they are ruining the game because they're not. I think it's, I mean, the other side of the coin is, is that a lot of these conversations that we have, and I, I know I say this every week, but it's also just an underpopulation problem, right? Yeah. if yeah. there was another just thousand players running around, that mega alliance is different all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So, well, two things. I, I do think that shadows uh, is good to exist, and maybe that's a better place to onboard new players. I think there there needs to be some connection between shadows and drakes, where whatever happens in shadows has some sort of effect or influence on drakes, maybe or. Somehow they're connected, so people could can care about both. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that I think I, I. So anyway, given the population which we can't control uh, as individual players, and and given just that that it is sandboxy and that the politics are not predetermined by the game, I think that it's probably a cycle a cyclical thing to some extent where players are going to form mega alliances yeah, because it's the path of least resistance to some people. Mm -hmm. And I think I said two things, but I remembered where I was going with that. You were talking, we were talking about the population problem. I actually think we need a, a, a special campaign for the lower population and the formation of these two mega alliances potentially going at it. Because we're talking about burnout and siege events, and in order to compete, you have to hold so many keeps, right? And Mm -hmm. so the more keeps you hold, the more busy your schedule gets. The more busy your schedule gets, the more people you need to fulfill that and keep that going. Right. So either we need less keeps or the siege events need to be lengthened as far as like one, one defense per keep per week, then we can hold more keeps and not be overburdened by the schedule. So there needs to be some sort of adjustment there to accommodate the, the lower population, I think, to keep them more engaged and trying to manage the burnout of being competitive maybe yeah i mean i i get that i think the problem there becomes that if there's only if the keeps are not available even as often as they are now which is really only twice a week there just becomes a lot less opportunity for the scoring to change Mm -hmm. right so 
because if the keep's only available four times in a month, well, if you hold it the three times, then why would anyone bother to even show up for the fourth time? Which is already the problem we have now in dregs. At the end, it's already decided. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would give more incentive to try and contest outposts and forts and things to try and get those point swings. And and those would be smaller points, so maybe... I would almost be more interested to see um, or, you know, maybe try that and then later try this. I don't, you know, not to, not to poo-poo your idea or something, but I almost think it might be more interesting to have a, a campaign where where maybe it's a blend of what you're talking about with maybe the scoring or maybe the, the sieges are less often, mm-hmm. but maybe it's a really small cap on how many players can be in the same alliance in that campaign. Mm, so that it would, yeah. So that it, because again, I think the way it's more fun really is if I don't know how many keeps there are now, let's call it 16. I think that's right. I might mm-hmm. be wrong, but let's call it 16. Well, if there were actually 16 guilds that were holding all of those keeps and maybe there's 20 guilds. So there's four in the ranks that are trying to get, you know, pick some off and there's a churn. Yeah. I think that's more fun. I, I agree. Think- I mean, I don't know what the numbers are and how many people are available to hold these keeps. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would agree that, I mean, if you could have however many factions and each one has one keep and all the jostling is for the second keep and that gives them the point advantage to start moving up. Something, yeah. But it's when in order to move up, we need to hold 10 keeps or whatever, then that gets overly ridiculous. Yeah. Which again, so I think you're, I think, yeah, I think you're right because I do think it is a player population problem because the game, as we're playing it now, even with the zone limits and stuff, which I think are, you know, a positive, I think that it's just not designed for this small amount of players. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how many players there are either, but I can tell you that on the forums, actually just on the Discord, on the Crowfall Discord, there's a less than 2,000 accounts on there. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that every active player of Crowfall is on the Discord per se, but I also don't think everyone that's on that Discord is an active player, right? Yeah, or still playing, maybe. That's what I mean. I mean, sure, they were at some point, but right. Yeah. So I don't know. So because the population is what it is right now, even if it's just temporary, I think that, yeah, shifting something. But again, you know, what I suggested is maybe just a different way of coloring the faction thing, right? Because if you say, look, you can't have more than 12 people in your guild or whatever the number is, I just made that up. But whatever the number is, mm-hmm. you're kind of, the, that's still the game kind of forcing politics, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's not the best answer. Well, the the good thing about it is trying something is really just a campaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be different next campaign. We're kind of dealing with a little bit of maybe extra pressure to retain players. So it's like, well, we got to get it right, right away, you know, arguably, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, at some point, there's just no one left to play with. So yeah, yeah, we don't want that. But on the other hand, if they do come out with an update that's 
really meaningful, uh, it might draw players back, you know? I mean, when New World came out, it was the death knell of Crowfall, everyone said, whatever. But New World is not thriving still, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, I just, so there's a lot of people that probably have an appetite to come back if they thought what they were coming back to was something they wanted, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're like one major update from seeing people give it a shot again. Yeah. You know, people that have taken breaks, not just a campaign here or there, but off for the entire holidays, you know, beta players that gave it a few months and then went on to something else. They were in the beta for that many years because they believed in the game. They just need to see those meaningful changes and be like, okay, now I come back and try it again. I will also add there were a couple of Crowfall podcasts that existed during uh, the beta. Uh Uh, And while um, this is our corner, that's all. That's all I have. (laughs) So, you know, hey, podcast PVP. That's Uh, right. (laughs) <laughs> I don't really mean that. If someone else wants to do one, I think it's cool. I want the community to thrive, actually. So mm-hmm, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to be silly. All right. Well, I don't know. I, we could probably ramble about that for endless periods of time. I would agree with you that right now, it seems like the only way to make something meaningful is if we don't want to force the Mega Alliance to break up, which I agree is not the best plan because forcing the politics of the game is antithetical to what I think makes a sandbox in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it is now, you know, I know a lot of the smaller guilds don't have a lot of morale or a lot of incentive to feel like, why would I be capping outposts or whatever when there's no point? I would assume that players in the Mega Alliance feel somewhat similar with like, there's no one to fight. You know what I mean? Like the competition's not really there because we're just dominating. Mm-hmm. But again, not dominating through like, victories and just like outplaying people but just winning by we just have more people on more often you know yeah Um, yeah i think maybe what you suggested is the best solution but i i i feel like that has to come from the players too you know oh yeah it would be be a halfway thing meet in the middle you know make it work yeah and 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 there is always a point for taking an outpost and what is that? <laughs> you get a point on the scoreboard. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. You're right. There is. There is always a point for taking an outpost. However, when you realize that you could flip an entire zone of those points and not even make it kind of a, in the lead that that the Mega Alliance has. And again, this is not even this is not my own sentiment. I'm you know, this is the sentiment you see on Discord, on the forums and, you know, from a lot of people. So. That's not just my own personal take on it or something. So I did also want to mention, I thought this was cool to see, you know, I, I, I might just be chicken little over here constantly where I'm the only one that's worried about like, is this, is, are we going to make it, you know? Um, <laughs> but I was excited to see them announce a Valentine's Day holiday event. Um, hey, that is yeah. Valentine's Day. That'll actually be starting the day this episode releases. So Thursday, the 10th. And yeah, I, I think that looks pretty cool. It's basically got a, a unique harvesting profession that you can pick up and you collect and craft things and then ultimately can spend, you're basically crafting a currency and then you can spend that on a variety of 
no trade, no drop badges. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they are still not tradable, but there's a variety of pretty good badges in there. There's one that's like 250 resist to all. There's one that reduces the experimentation difficulty by five, which I think that's the crafting horn from beta that everyone's jealous over or whatever. Oh, so we get the crafting one. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there. I, and I'm sure there's more items than that. I was just looking on the forum, but either way, um, excited to see them do that. And in the discord, you know, the developer mentioned in the discord that holiday events aren't really on the schedule of development. And so whenever they have those, it's often the result of the developers putting in extra hours, working on the weekends, whatever it is to try and make something, you know, extra basically. So the fact that the developers are still inspired to do something like that, I think is a good sign. And I think it's cool to see them do, yeah, do something fun for the game and where it doesn't feel like we're just kind of limping, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I hey, mean, and- all the big games do have holiday <laughs> events. <laughs> and and listening to the community, I mean, that's really the the main thing. You know, you want developers that are engaged and listening. I mean, you can't make everyone happy, but when there are certain things that come up, where it, it definitely limits the play experience and rewards uh, a certain part of the population that you know I, I i don't know may not be as legit or fair in some situations yeah uh, i don't know all the details with the crafting badge but i mean all getting... it was was that it was available for people who were in beta and then it wasn't available anymore so it was pretty rare to some extent i mean you know not not all of the players are from beta and then it was a random drop from the Christmas event where it's just RNG if you get it or not. But, oh, I mean, that's it. Yeah. it. Just just very limited availability. So, yeah. I gotcha. Anyway, so yeah, look forward to Valentine's Day. Lasts for two weeks. Starts on the 10th, goes through the 24th. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be a good time and an interesting way to make stuff and get new gear or new badges at the very least. And yeah, we'll see where it goes from that. Anything else you wanted to cover today? I'll do it. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and minds at Crowfall pod. You can also check out my other podcast, the walk show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests or my other show, pick up your sticks, which is a podcast about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.